it causes you to reflect on your values and your, you know, growing up and your lessons you learned, advice you got that you really, really took and, and were appreciative of, mistakes you made, failures, what you would do differently, a chance to express regrets that you might have yeah. and just moments of joy and what really meant the most to you in life. And those are all things that we have found family members and people, loved ones want to to hear and they want to pass on to their next generations. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of Still Being Molly. And this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I get to sit down with an entrepreneur, a CEO, a nonprofit director, church or community leader, or just an incredible person who is trying to make a positive impact not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Heather Mayo-Smith. She is an award-winning interactive storytelling pioneer and technology visionary who brings over a decade of immersive storytelling leadership to her brand new company, Storyfile. Storyfile is incredible. We dig into all of the, you know, the details of it, but basically what it is, is a storytelling app where you feel like you're sitting across from your grandmother or somebody important in your life and listening to them tell their stories. This is such an incredible conversation. You're going to love it so much. But before I I get to my conversation with Heather, I want to thank our partner of the show, and that is Mama Suds. Mama Suds helps label reading moms create a safe and non-toxic home for their family by creating synthetic free household cleaners. And one of those cleaners is Mama Suds Fine Linen Soap which is the best thing since sliced bread. You can wash your high quality sheets, linens, delicates, and organic fabrics with a fine linen soap to keep them looking newer and softer longer. Use three to four capfuls for a high efficiency machine on a delicate cycle or four to six capfuls for regular machines on a delicate cycle. You can head on over to mamasuds.com and use the code MOLLY for 15% off your order. Now on to my conversation with Heather. Heather, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. How are you today? I'm doing good. A little tired because it's so early in the morning over here in LA, but I'm good. <laughs> well, I'm so looking forward to this because when I first came across the work that you're doing with mm -hmm. Storyfile and uh, just the idea behind this, this is something that, um, you know, I have a 77 year old dad and, uh, you know, I don't have any living grandparents and this is something that I would have loved. And, um, you know, I think about some, this is something that I, I would love to, to do for my children and things like that. So I want to just, we're going to dive right in and I want you to give me the Heather 101. So tell us who you are, what you do and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So I was, I kind of fell into it. Um, I became a sort of an experiential or immersive environment uh, exhibition designer. And I happened to be getting a lot of commissions from uh, the Holocaust field and quickly became a sort of somewhat of an expert in intergenerational testimony. And I was having these great conversations with these older people, you know, and even from my background, I was super close to my grandparents. So it, I sat there and I said, you know, my kids and my, my grandkids are never going to have the opportunity to have the conversations or learn the things that I was learning from these individuals. 
So we wanted to somewhat replicate the um, the Q and A that happens after a lecture. So after these Holocaust survivors would go into public spaces and they would tell a little bit about their story, the Q and A was the part where the audience really started to deeply connect with that individual and really um, engage. So we said, all right, what would it look like if we replicated that experience? That was 2010. And that led me on a, you know, an eight year journey until um, I got to the point where we decided that we could do this same thing that we had the same concept for everyone on the planet. So we wanted everyone to be able to tell their story this way so that future generations could actually talk to them and have a conversation instead of, you know, just watching a five minute home video or seeing photos on a page in an album um, or, you know, scrolling through your computer and not knowing who half the people are. So it, it gives you a chance if people tell their stories this way, and it's simply ask, answering questions. It's videoing yourself answering a, a lot of questions about your life. If people do this, then few, their future generations will actually get to know them. They'll be able to see them. They'll be able to hear their, their real voice. They'll get the stories in their own words as they wanted them to be told. So yeah, that it kind of, you know, as, as in life, I guess you know, one thing leads to another and you get to another place and then you start to another place and there you are. <laughs> yeah. What did you go to school for? Was the, was entrepreneurship kind of always in your blood or where did this kind of entrepreneurial spirit come from? I grew up in a, a family owned business. Yeah. I had worked for my mom and her family owned business since I was nine. Oh, so wow. the dinner table was, you know, all about, the, <laughs> all about the stores and this and that. I went to school actually for history. So uh, I was just always fascinated by the 20th century and everything that had happened in it. Yeah. And I had kind of expected to teach, but kind of ended up in in this role. Well, it's interesting that you had this entrepreneurial spirit, but then you went to school for history. Like, I feel like I totally see the connections because... Mm -hmm your love and fascination with history and things of the past and stories and all those things like that fits so seamlessly into what you do. And so uh, for people that have not heard of Storyfile, how does it work? Can you break it down for us and like how you kind of took this seed of an idea and saying, Mm -hmm. okay, people really want to connect and people want to hear these stories from you know, from the person, from the the horse's mouth, I guess is the the phrase. I'm always really yeah. bad at remembering this, what those <laughs> phrases are. Um, but yeah, like they, they want to hear those stories. So tell us how you got from that seed of an idea to what it is today and, and how it works. That was not an easy journey. I'll tell you. As uh, all entrepreneurs, I, mean, I don't think I've ever yeah. heard an entrepreneur who's like, you know what? My business was really quite easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't easy. It wasn't I think it wasn't difficult in the classic sense, yeah. but it was difficult because we were doing something that had never been done before. Mm. We didn't actually know if it would work when we started. Um, So once we started testing and getting it out there in the world, then people were coming up to me and saying, can I do this for myself? Can I do this with my family? And at the time, technology 
the infrastructure for technology wasn't really there because if we were going to do it for everyone and if we were going to make it ubiquitous for the entire world, it couldn't cost $500,000. It had to cost 500 or, you know, 250 or $50. It, it had to be something that was easy enough for everybody to be able to do meaning they had to use their computers for their videos. They had to be able to use their phones to record anything, any device, recording device that we are now used to, they had to be able to use. Right. So what we did was we built a system that was completely online and completely automated. So you answer, uh, you record your video, record yourself answering a bunch of questions about your life. You can choose any questions you want. There's 1,600 questions in the database. You just go through it and you end up talking about your whole life from beginning to end. It's an actually, we've been told several times, it's an amazing process for the interviewee, for the person that's doing it to go through because you don't often think about your whole life in one go and it's in, in its entirety or things that you haven't thought about in, you know, 40, 60, 80, you know, 20 years. It causes you to reflect on your values and your, you know, growing up and your lessons you learned, advice you got that you really, really took and and were appreciative of, mistakes you made, failures, what you would do differently, a chance to express regrets that you might have, and just moments of joy and what really meant the most to you in life. And those are all things that we have found family members and people, loved ones want to, to hear, and they want to pass on to their next generations Mm -hmm. and get to, you know, the, the ability to, if my kids could have the ability to talk to my grandfather, who I was so close to growing up, that would be amazing. I would love that yeah, because then they would understand me. And then they, they in turn would understand themselves maybe a little more. Because we all are made up of everyone that's lived before us. Yeah. And so if you understand those people and you get to meet them, it makes our identity that much richer. Mm. That's a really great perspective to to really think about our ancestry and, and those that have come before us and how those things make up who we are. And, you know, I've, I've had this conversation, actually, it's so funny how I kind of come keep coming back to this same topic, but in different ways. Actually, the guy I had on the podcast last week, who's airing right before you, his name is Daniel Grothy. He wrote this book called The Power of Place, Choosing Stability in a Rootless World, Rootless Age. But it was one of the things we talked about was when you look at generations past and how they they just stayed in the same area for a really long time and how you have around the world, you have these pockets of centenarians. So people who live over 100. And uh, National Geographic did a study on the blue zone and, and these areas where these people are living, you know, 105, 110, 115 years old. And what is what plays into that? Why are there so many people in these areas that live to be over 100? And there's a variety of factors, but one of the factors was uh, just like familial community, friendships, all those kinds of things, and, and the richness of relationships. 
and how they these communities have just passed down these stories and these traditions and all this kind of stuff and how it they literally benefit from it in a it, like in their physical health <laughs> and you know and so I, I think about how fascinated I am about ancestry. I mean, I did my like ancestry DNA during the COVID because <laughs> of tracing our ancestors and um, yeah. you know and I think part of it is you know my husband knew his grandmother and his great grandmother and his great great grandmother. My kids met their great great grandmother um, until she passed away at almost 103. Meanwhile, I grew up and like didn't really have grandparents. Like my grandparents died when I was very young and um, I didn't really have a relationship with my grandparents. So like I didn't have that. And so mm-hmm. I, I long for that and I want to you know have all these answers to questions I didn't I didn't get. And anyway, all that to say is that it really does show so much of who we are and and how we are as people when we can dig into our past and dig into our families and see like, oh, wow, you know, like there was a generation of entrepreneurs before me and I didn't even know that or all those kinds of things. So as you were developing this and as you were starting to kind of get it out into the marketplace and, and test it out and have focus groups and things like that, was there something that was surprising to you that you were discovering in those early development stages? Well, it's not necessarily something we didn't inherently know uh, in the beginning, but everyone, similar to what you just said, you have questions. So Mm -hmm. you didn't know your grandparents. And as you got older, as you had kids, maybe as you got married, as you were relocating or moving or, you know, uh, talking to your husband's family, and interacting with his grandparents, you had more questions and more questions. Mm -hmm. It's those types of questions that we want you to be able to ask those individuals. Even if they're not here, there's no reason nowadays that you can't have that conversation. So what we need to get people to do is to think about themselves in this sort of time capsule way, Mm. in that at some point in your life, you need to do a story file for a future generation that you may have never even met. Mm. And just take the time to do that because we know, we've, what we found is people don't necessarily think their story is interesting. So they don't necessarily want to do it. But you have to step back and you have to say, was my grand, my parents, were, were my parents' stories interesting? Would Did I appreciate, you know, are there questions I have for them now that I didn't ask them then, you know, when I had the chance, you have to step back and say, there are things that you would want to know now from your past generations that you don't have the opportunity to know. Now, future generations will have the opportunity to know because you will have answered those questions for them and they can talk to you and have those conversations. Mm. So it's a matter of almost your children going to your husband's parents and saying, this is important. We want, we want you to do this. Or you going to them and saying, this is important. Would you do this? Mm-hmm. People are think it's kind of their initial impression, which interest, uh, you know, which came, um, came out in a lot of the testing was, I think that people think it's a bit egotistical to do, or, you know, um, there's another word I'm I'm trying to think of, but narcissistic. It, yeah, narcissistic. Uh, but it's not. No, I don't think so at all. Exactly the opposite of narcissism, you know, and just allowing whomever 
when you did your DNA, you know, did you find out a lot of things that you hadn't known? Um, I found out that I'm, uh, I knew, I knew I was Irish. I didn't realize how Irish I am. Like, <laughs> it is like, I was like, maybe there will be something really interesting that it's like, oh, part of my DNA is from like Asia or something. Nope. Mm. <laughs> Ireland and Scotland is like 70% Ireland and a little bit Scotland, okay. but then like 2% Norway. And I was like, okay. Didn't know, didn't know I have a connection to Norway. Uh, no, but that, that makes total sense. So when you think of the Nordic that whole influence that it had in that area. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's really interesting, you know, but I mean, it's funny because I've nobody in my family has ever mentioned any connection there. So I'm like, well, what's the connection? Um, you know, and it just it did it spurred these other questions. And um, but we learned like on the flip side, we learned with my husband's family because we did my husband's ancestry. We were able to trace his ancestry back on both sides, his mom's side and his dad's side to it didn't it obviously wasn't called North Carolina at the time, but to the area that is North Carolina into like the late 1500s. Like it was like 400 years of his family being in North Carolina. And we were like, what? Like, that is crazy. Mm. And so that was just so interesting to me that his family came here 400 years ago. And like, Mm. To the area that his grandmother lived until she died. Like they just came here, came to that area and just stayed. Um, And that was just really fascinating to me. Whereas, you know, my ancestors were coming to the United States in like the late 1800s, early 1900s. So it wasn't, you know, it was much more recent. So it was just a really fascinating thing. And But yeah, you're right. I had all these questions. And I want to just kind of double down on what you said about how like, this is not narcissistic or or whatever that <laughs> now the, what the other yeah. word was, um, yeah. you know, uh, at, at egotistical at all. Mm-hmm. It's a gift. It is such yeah. a gift. And, um, you know, I think about so, you know, my mom uh, passed away when I was a senior in high school. And there are so many things about her life that I have so many questions about that I will never get the answer to. And I think about like what I would give to be able to hear her voice, Mm. see her talk, um, hear her tell a story from her perspective. I mean, I have some cassette tapes. I have some VHS tapes, but yeah, I mean, a lot of them don't even work when I try to play them because you know the the tape yeah. is so old. Um, that's that's exactly what it's all about. Yeah, it, you know, it, actually, you lose the sound of their voice the first. You know, hundred yeah, percent. That's the first thing. That's the first kind of memory to go. You can see their faces for much longer, and the images, but the stories you do you remember the most. Yeah. That's exactly why, you know, we want people to do with what we want anyone to tell their story in any way they, they can't, this is just one option, but it's the reason that we like this particular option is because of the video element in that it's one thing to write down your story or, you know, write an autobiography or um, do an audio recording of yourself. You miss the nonverbal communication. So when you see a video of someone, you understand a lot more about them and their personality, their essence of who they really were, 
comes through. And the human eye is really discerning. You know, we can tell if someone's lying, for example, or, you know, they, they're kind of, it's an iffy situation. And so it really does tell you a lot about a person video. Um, So we really, that was the difficult part about making it automated. It was all about the video component that we felt really strongly we needed to find an answer for how to do this in an automated time. I mean, you can go on the website at storyfile.com slash life or storyfile life, and you record all of these questions, all of your questions. And in real time, you can go back. Let's say you did a couple hours of recording Mm. right after that is finished you can go back or invite anybody, email anybody to and invite them to interact with your story file and they will be able to do it within, you know, minutes of you recording it. So it's all just right there in the moment. You know, you don't have to wait three months for a book to come. You don't have to wait even two weeks for a, a, you know, a a photo album to, to arrive anymore. Yeah. And we wanted these people to be able to share it with whomever they want to. You can keep it totally private. You you know, I have one client who's actually putting it in their will. Oh, wow. They don't want, they don't want some of those stories. Uh, At future iterations of this, right now, you either have to make it public or you make it private. But future iterations, you'll be able to do that on a question by question basis. So let's say you you thought of something or you ended up telling a story that you don't particularly want anyone to really know now. You can keep that question private. Mm. Uh, it, there, there'll be different levels, you know, um, what you want to put out there in the public. Maybe you're a public figure and you want part of your story out there in the public, but you don't want, you want to reserve another part of it for your family. That's also possible. Mm. So there are a lot of different, uh, there are also a lot of different applications for it as well, but this is our first, our first consumer product. I am so encouraged by entrepreneurs who are so innovative and, but they see it in something that is like, this is, this is something that is re- unique. It's innovative and it solves this deep felt need. Mm. Um, and in this you know, using and kind of redeeming this technology that we have, but in a way that connects us, that um, yeah. is more personal, is more intimate. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and it's you something- You can get to know, you can get yeah. to know anyone. I mean, you can literally really get to know a lot of people from all different parts of the world if yeah. you wanted to, if they made it public, for example. Yeah. But going back to your connection and the people being rooted in in certain areas and your your husband's grandmother and living there for 400 years, think of all the stories that she had, mm-hmm. you know, or her mother had mm-hmm. and, and life in in that area and the and what has happened, we'll have the same you know, trajectory, our grandkids and our great-grandchildren will be living in a completely different world than our world is now. But they should still understand what we're living through right now and what we've lived through our whole lives. Yeah. You know, because it that just it helps everybody to understand and connect. And if you can make a real connection with people, it's all it's all about making those connections and feeling a part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah. You know, I think it reminds me of, so, I mean, as I shared, I I didn't really have grandparents growing up, but I, um, when I was in college, 
I it started off as I had to do some community service just as a part of a program I was in. But I ended up continuing just on my own. I volunteered at a nursing home that was right down the road from my university. And I, I think I had to do like 15 hours of community service for some program. And so mm-hmm. I, but then I continued and I ended up volunteering there for the next, you know, to basically all of my college career. And I loved it so much because all I would do, I mean, my whole job was just to go in there and just sit and listen and talk with these sweet seasoned folks, you know, and, but I loved the conversations because so often the wisdom um, Mm. that these incredible people who have lived these incredible lives can impart is just, you can learn so much. And we get into this mindset, you know, and just to be totally transparent, like thinking about all that we've gone through in the last, you know, 18 months with COVID and political, you know, distrust and division and all these kinds of things. And and we can get into this mindset of being like, oh, life is horrible for us. And we live in this terrible world and everything's going to explode and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, have you ever sat with somebody who lived through the Dust Bowl in the depression, like and had, uh, you know, like food ration cards, like that was not that long ago. And they they turned out just fine. Like, we're gonna be all right, guys. Like you had, you know, so it's like, it, it gives you a sense of perspective. Right. It's not to diminish what we're experiencing right now. But the reality is, is every generation, every generation has gone through really Something. difficult things and really difficult Something. times. And but it's what you learn from that, that then you can impart to the next generation that then will go through their hard crap. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, but it just, it really, you learn so much just by listening to people's stories. You hit it it on the head. It's perspective. Yes. Right. And understanding that, that these things do happen, um, that they're, you know, we're not the only people on the planet that have ever gone through situations like this. It does, you know, it, it may be difficult. It may be truly, truly difficult for a lot of people. And some people will never recover. Yeah. But it is also something that you do have to look at with a bit of perspective. Yeah. And it helps so much in life not to feel uh, as if you're the victim, you know, and that why is this happening to me? Yeah. Um, it's not happening to you. Um, you may have made bad choices along the way. Who knows? You may have made great quest, great choices and still some something you know bad could happen. So it's just knowing that it's part of being alive. Yeah. You know, that's part of life. And these people have so so many great stories, so many things to make our lives richer. And yeah, you're right. It it's a gift. It is a gift. It is a gift. Yeah. And I, I love that you use the phrase like making our lives richer. And I almost think of it as like. If you've ever seen like a really beautifully made quilt and, um, you know, and, and just the, the different pieces that all are, look so different, but when they're together in this just incredibly intricately designed and, and, you know, uh, stitched quilt, that it makes this beautiful, almost piece of artwork, um, Mm -hmm. that then you can wrap yourself up, you know, while you watch a movie by the fireplace. It's very, (laughs) it's very lovely and, you know, uh, dreamy, um, but yeah, so I mean, I I think this is just incredible. And I love what you've done with this. Um, for people that are sitting here and they're like, I know the person that I want, you know, to to answer questions or I want to do this for my kids or grandkids. 
how can they best do that? Would it walk us through that? Um, just uh, storyfile.com or storyfile.com slash life. And you go onto the website, you pick uh, how many questions you want to do. You can start picking out all the individual questions, or you could just do them by topic. So you can just click all or, you know, click, click a few and then go through that whole thing and then start recording. That's it. That's so awesome. And like you said, you know, there's future iterations coming down the line with, yeah. uh, you know, the ability to kind of pick and choose what you want to be public and private. And yeah. I love that people are leaving it in their will. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, well, Heather, this has been so much fun. Um, I'm going to make sure for the listeners that we have all those details in the show notes. But before we go, uh, this is where I get to ask just some fun get to know you questions. Okay. So Heather, are you ready for the get to know you round? I am ready. All right, let's do it. So question number one is what is like, what will go down in history as the best concert you ever attended? Oh, um, Madonna. Oh, Madonna. And I happened to see her in a really small venue. I grew up in San Diego and um, it was an amphitheater, a smallish amphitheater. And I think it must have been 82... 83, somewhere in there. I don't know when she had just started really. And, um, that was, that was really cool. That is really cool. (laughs) I mean, to be like, I saw Madonna, no big deal. Uh, like, like before she was like, you know, Madonna. Yeah. It was during that, that whole, um, I don't know (laughs) if you want me to tell the, the, the name of the song, but you know, when she used to wear all the jewelry. Oh Yeah. you know, punk 80s. I mean, a lot. I know. I love how a lot of fashions and and things are kind of rotating their way back. And I'm like, I don't know. They always do. They always do. do. But I'm also like a little bit, maybe a little bit of a twist. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll be interested to see if like that 80s hairband thick blue eyeshadow and like lightning bolt earrings like is that coming back i just don't know we'll see um uh, i love I it you'd be, i think you'd be surprised if you walked down melrose here in hollywood uh, that is true oh, <laughs> That is true. Yeah, on my farm in North Carolina, I don't think I'm seeing a lot of blue eyeshadow and 80s uh, <laughs> hair bands, but it is. You never know. You, you never, never know. know. There's okay. I am not, and the listeners know this very much. I am not a TikTok person. It's just not, I'm not hanging on TikTok, but I have an account. Um, just because I have one friend who like told me about this section of TikTok that's really fascinating. And it's, um, it's this girl who just posts these produced uh, TikToks of Chinese um, street fashion. And so she, and it is fascinating. And it is like, really, I, I'm like, these people are killing it wearing, I mean, like stuff. Japanese Japanese as well. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, I could never wear that, but y'all are like, eons ahead ahead of us in your in your fashion i also got really into like there's another section of tiktok that's like um vintage people who like only wear vintage stuff and so like they they dress like they're it's like 1953 and that's just like what they wear and i love it so much i'm like i have i have so much like respect and like in that's a lot of creativity yes and a lot of patience actually to do because 
you don't, you don't come across that easily. No, you know, you have to really work at it. Yeah. It's very difficult. And it's, they like look so amazing. Cool. And, mm-hmm. but they, she's like, yeah, I, when people ask her like, is that really what you wear? And she's like, yeah, this is what I wear every day. So this is what she wears yep. at the grocery store to like parties and stuff. She dresses into her yep. entire wardrobe is all vintage from like the forties, fifties, sixties. And it is fascinating. And, uh, I just think it's amazing. I love creative people like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. Madonna got us to fashion anyway. <laughs> um, question number two is what is the most interesting thing that you have read or watched recently? Recently. Oh, wow. Could be like a book, a news article, a, a documentary, anything or movie, anything like that. I can't, I am my, I'm having a complete blank. <laughs> That's okay. I, my husband and I watch a lot of documentaries, but we're, as I said before, um, I'm kind of a history buff, 20th century. And I started my career out, you know, I got to a place where it was really all about the Holocaust. Yeah. And so my husband actually is the executive director of uh, a Holocaust uh, Institute, um, a Holocaust Institute, the Shoah Foundation at USC. Mm. So we actually watch a ton of really interesting stuff um but i'm i'm blanking right now um sorry no that's okay i think you know i got i i tend to go in especially with like what i'm reading or watching um i'm a book fiend as evidenced by the bookshelf behind me um but i went through a phase or not a phase like a season last year where i was like consuming holocaust world war ii like all of the books in that era it wasn't really even on purpose because it was like I would finish one and then my uh, library app would be like, you should also read this book. Right. And I was like, okay. No, but they're fascinating. I mean, you yeah. want to talk about lessons learned? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. If, if you've ever get a chance to read um, The Choice by Edith Eager, mm. I, I mean, talk about an amazing woman. Yeah. You know, it, I, I pretty much love autobiographies and anything about people. Me too. Me too. That's my whole, my whole world. Yeah. When I taught, um, when I was a high school teacher, I always used Ellie Wiesel's book, uh, night. Right. And that was one that I have students who I taught, you know, however many years ago, 13 years Mm -hmm. ago, 14 years ago, who will message me and say, you know, to this day, like that book changed my life or that book has, has stayed with me for all these years. And so, yeah, I love to share to share those stories with people. I think they're important for us. Okay. Uh, if someone were to play you in a movie about your life, who would you want it to be? Um, Jennifer Aniston. Okay. I was literally about to say, you kind of remind me of Jennifer Aniston. I kid you not. I should have said it even before you said something to be like, I promise I'm not making this up. Your hair Lady. is very like Jennifer Aniston. Slightly dark, slightly darker here. I don't know what it is. I, I don't, I, I've been in stores. I mean, even just a Target, you know, <laughs> I'll be buying something and someone will come up to me and just like say, you know, has anyone ever told you that you remind me of Jennifer, Jennifer Anderson? 100%. I totally I'm, get it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, I'm shocked. I think it, it's maybe the app, what they call it, affect maybe, or I don't know. Yeah. Well, I totally see that. And I think it is hilarious that I was just about to say that. (laughs) Um, All right. And then my last question, this is the question I ask all my guests. And that is, Heather, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? Oh, it means the world to me to be able to do this. 
I had the best job in the world. I mean, who I get to wake up and literally do something for a living that is going to change people's lives mm. in the future. I just had one um, one client who called me yesterday who did a story file with her mother's sister. Mm. And yesterday was her funeral. Mm. And she just called me up and she's just, you know, thank God that we did it. Um, so it's it's truly... It's a remarkable thing when you you turn on that computer or you look on your phone and you know or you see it on your TV and you're interacting and you you know even if you just say hello mm-hmm. to a person who's passed and who you know has passed away yeah that's a that's a remarkable gift to give them you know to have them be able to share with people what was really important you know or even thank people or tell them that they love them and say things to them that those people have probably never heard them say before. Yeah. Mm. Heather, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, being here, for sharing uh, just your vision and your dream and giving this gift to the world that, you know, hopefully will impact generation after generation after generation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody needs to do it. Yes. For that to happen. Then it will, then it will truly affect uh, all of our generation. Yes. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Molly. It was so nice meeting you. Friend, I would love to know what you loved about this episode or something that you learned. Find me on social media. I'm at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to use that hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast when you're sharing the show with a friend. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are a first time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to check out the archives for past shows featuring so many incredible entrepreneurs, business owners, community leaders who are changing the world. If you are a regular listener of the show, Thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for tuning in week in and week out. Be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, Overcast, Stitcher, basically wherever you get your podcasts, click that subscribe or follow button. To click that button means you will never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you take a moment to just leave a review? Would you take a moment to maybe share one of your favorite episodes with a friend? Leaving a review, sharing the show with a friend, It is totally free for you and it is the biggest help for me in the entire world. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. It just also helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is impacting you. As always, this show is produced by the incredible team at Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose.